0: Hi, welcome to What's That About? with Joel and Tina. Hello, welcome hey, back. Woo. Hey. Oh my goodness, the weather has finally cooled off here in Michigan. Uh. Though if you're listening to this at some other time, it may be very cold here in Michigan. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh. So this week we are in Second Peter chapter 2, and we're going to do verses 1 through 10 this week. Where First we? Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two, mm-hmm. verse one mm-hmm. through ten. Through ten. That's a lot of numbers. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand why there are like First Peter, Second Peter, and then the worst is there's John. Yeah. And then there's First, Second, and Third John. Right. So which one am I going to? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then there's the Apocalypse of John.
0: Well, nobody calls it that. That's true. Everybody calls that Revelation. Revelation. So I think they had to change the name because they're like, There's too many Johns. Too many Johns. Come on,
1: get your act together, buddy. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we're we're doing Peter, Peter the Apostle. Yes. um, And uh, so we'll start with reading. Do you want to read or do you want me to read? Oh, go ahead. Okay, so I'll start. So chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Not that you have no, not, not now that you have tasted that the <laughs> Lord is good. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stop there because that that's a lot of good stuff anyway. Wow. Yeah. So it reminds me of when Nicodemus came up to Jesus and he was like, so I have to be born again? What's this about? Yeah, and I think Jesus. we talked about that last time. Yeah. About, like, what's this born again business? Yeah, um, you know, right. He takes he it all the way. Like, he takes this baby concept all the way. And, you know, what is pure spiritual milk? Oh. You know, what is that? Like, what is it that new believers need in order to be nourished?
1: Um, I think it's, um, I mean, you look at, at, at what infants need and they ask for it and you give it to them.
0: And well, then, if only they would use words.
1: Well, but yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they ask for it in their own way. But you know, when infants are hungry, they let you know that they're hungry. Right. And you better feed them or else it's gonna be real, real trouble. And you know, as parents, you know that, that, that when your child is uh, upset and you're their infant and they're crying, well, there's only a couple things they need. Right. And you know that they need a lot of milk and it's easy to digest, it's made for them, it's created for them so that they can drink it, it's nourishment and so when I think of those for people who are coming to Christ and who are coming into the faith and who are thinking about that it's to make sure you get what you need to grow your faith and it kind of reminds me of the parable of the sower that Jesus tells that you know the seed is sown but sometimes in fact most of the time when that seed is sown it's not sown into soil that's ready there are thorns that come up. There are weeds that come up. Things of the world worries. So, you know, when the seed is sown into our hearts, it's got to be nourished. It, so we need to worship together. I think that's one of the things that is, is spiritual is, milk. Yeah. Um, to be in Scripture, Yeah, um, in God's Word, I think in prayer. I mean, those are three, like fundamental spiritual milk things that that you need to grow your faith because if you don't have worship or you're not going to worship with other people if you're not praying if you're not in god's word how much are you really going to grow when that seed's been planted
0: yeah all right so you want to read the next part you want me to keep reading
1: i can read this part okay the living stone and a chosen people starting in verse four Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders has rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy.
0: Mm. That passage always reminds me mm. of Africa. Mm. So um, when I was there, the the head mason was not a believer. Um, mm. The majority of our group was a believer, but our yeah. head mason was not. And Interesting. and the mm. guy who was in charge of our group was always talking to him about it and one time they're laying rocks to build up a wall and he points down at me who's like, I don't know if I was digging in the sand to clear trash out of the sand (laughs) because you had to, like, trash would get in the sand, you had to clear the sand so that you could use it in the cement I was either doing that or I was chipping drop cement, dried drop cement off of previous wall work he points down to me and he goes, well, she's a rock (laughs) and she's building, the wall's being built on her And it was all in French. And so I was like, what is he talking about? Like, I understood, but at the same time, I'm like, and the guy's looking at me like, she's a rock? (laughs) And I think that that whole concept of Hmm. us being rocks, living rocks that are being built Mm -hmm. on each other can be hard to think about, especially if you're not connected with previous generations. Yeah. Like if, hmm. if you're a first-generation believer, um, it can be hard to see how that has been built upon over time. But if, if you have a family in which you know that your parents have prayed for you, your grandparents have prayed for you, yeah. that your great-grandparents have prayed for you, that, that if you have that, I think that the whole concept of we're built upon one another yes. is easier to get.
1: And. Beneath it all is the cornerstone. I mean, what holds us all up together is we're not built on sinking sand, we're not built on something that could just fade away. We are living stones built up upon the cornerstone. So we have a solid foundation under us. Um, and that's really important for us to know that sometimes it's, it's easy to get frustrated at life in this world or life in the church or life as a Christian and say, Hey, you know, isn't it supposed to be better? Isn't, isn't life somehow supposed to, to, uh, to turn around? And that's not always the case, as, as we know. But if we can always come back to the idea that our lives are built upon the cornerstone the cornerstone being Christ and if we can actually build our lives upon that cornerstone with the understanding that we are interconnected with one another as living stones as you were saying that makes a world of difference I think that that personally gives me a lot of hope you know I look out in the world and I see things that are happening left and right and uh, in churches and in government and, and it's really easy to kind of be discouraged by that but then I go to a scripture like this and say okay This scripture is almost 2,000 years old. And we have in Jesus somebody who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so these things have happened before. (laughs) Governments have come and gone. Countries have risen and fallen. Who knows how many hundreds and hundreds of millions of people have died since now and then. And this still remains. The living stone, us interconnected, the cornerstone. And that, that, that kind of like sets me back into the right place.
0: Well, in some ways, it's kind of like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. But I don't know <laughs> if anybody plays it anymore. I'm
1: probably showing my age. Uh, but
0: the truth is, is that all Christians yeah. can track their, their faith. Back to Jesus. Absolutely. That it all goes back to Jesus. Like there's no yep. like singular person within every faith story other than Jesus, and Jesus is in everyone's, every Christian's faith story. That's right. Which is really kind of amazing that it doesn't matter if you know you're the first one in your in your life that none of your friends are believers, none of your family is believers. The truth is, is that you have access to that cornerstone that you are building upon it and that you may be starting a new house and you may be starting a new life, but Mm. you still have that same foundation. Some people have been built upon by many, many others, but some of us start right at the the foundation level. And the thing that I like, you say that this is 2,000 years old, but there are passages from Isaiah and from the Psalms, which could put it closer to like 3,000 years old. Um, yeah, the right the the idea of the cornerstone has been a part of our faith since before Christ even came. Um, I won't say before Christ was because Christ was before the world began.
1: Right, exactly. So you know, let's <laughs> get that But that's probably
0: right. its whole own. Oh, what's that about? But <laughs> you know, you know, what about this whole Isaiah passages? Why is it that Isaiah talks about? Um, Laying a stone in Zion, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. I mean, do we know what that's about?
1: I, I think we, we can say. I mean, we can look at it up from our our perspective, you know, from from this era, and we can say that that it really does boil down to who Jesus is, and that has never changed and it never will change. And sometimes where we get in trouble is where we try to forget that. Or we say, well, you know, we've got these other things going on that we've got to figure out in the world and we kind of wander away. And so that becomes an issue. So I think this passage from Isaiah reminds us that we need to have our faith dead center on Christ. That if anything else is the cornerstone other than Jesus, it's not going to work. And sometimes that means that we stumble over Jesus. Right. It means that we're on our way to doing something else. Something that might be good, something that might be just, something that might be right in our own eyes. And we stumble over Christ because we've forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. We have maybe taken him for granted. And, you know, that's, that's really easy to do. It's really easy to say, okay, Jesus, yeah, I believe in you and you're great. I'll see you later. <laughs> and we go off to do something else and we stumble and it doesn't work and it may, or it doesn't turn out the way we want it to because we've left Jesus behind. We haven't centered ourselves on that cornerstone and what we're to be as God's people. And so, you know, that cornerstone, it can be good and it can be bad depending on how it functions. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's sitting there and there's not a house built on it, man, you could run right over yeah. that. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, that, That's not going to go very well. No. And so it's a reminder to us that it can. That's the thing that's not going to move. That, that is set in the rock that there is no changing who Jesus is and who he's going to be what happens is we change and that is where you know we need to be really paying attention
0: I think it also kind of points to the idea of you can't have your foundation on christ and
1: oh yeah sure that
0: it's not christ and family or christ and career or christ and whatever it may be that if if your foundation is on anything other than christ all of those things that you've built upon will crumble they're gonna fall away they're gonna disappoint they're gonna not live up to what you need it to be because I mean, and, and I've experienced that personally. That if you put your faith in anything, um, sorry, there's someone at the door. Hold on, just a second. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, things you live happen. in you live in a neighborhood. You you uh, have neighborhood kids do neighborhood things. So anyway, um, but I was talking about the idea that if if you build your life on anything that is something other than christ right can't do it then it's not gonna last it's just not gonna work um,
1: we want it to work
0: we want it to and it's not that those things aren't good right uh it reminds me of that that passage that you know seek the kingdom of god first and mm-hmm. all these things will be added to you right that if you seek the world mm-hmm. you won't gain god Mhm. But if you seek God, all the things of the world that you need will be given to you. And, and family, that's not necessarily... love,
1: jobs, yeah. whatever. Because God knows what we need. I mean, that's a huge part of Scripture. We read that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew that, that God knows what we need. He, he knows that we need food. He knows that we need clothing. He knows that we need shelter, that we need to support ourselves and our family. God knows that. And so God provides it. But if we seek that first, that's where we get in trouble. Because that could own us. And if we seek God first, and it's only God, and Christ is the center, Christ is the cornerstone, then we say, okay, God, now what? What door are you going to open? How do you want me to be faithful? What does it look like for me to follow through on what you're calling me to do? And then you don't get kind of in that troubled place where you're trying to lay two cornerstones down. I mean, you can't do that, right? I mean, you right. can't have two cornerstones because you'll have a tilted foundation. You have one cornerstone. You have one found, one thing that you set your foundation upon. Because if you have two, it's going to wreck the whole thing.
0: So I want to go back into an earlier part of that passage. <clears throat> um, in verse 5, it says, that we're offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on what is a spiritual sacrifice? Don't think too long. do think that we got lost again.
1: Well I think uh, things like mercy, things like grace. Hmm. You know it's uh, things that, that we give to God out of our spirit. So it's drawn back into the fruit of the Spirit that we read in Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So it's returning that back to God. Um, It's uh, recognizing that the very things that are acceptable to God are the gifts that we've been given. And you know, what does Jesus say? He goes, you know, I desire mercy, not your physical sacrifice. I desire mercy. Go figure out what that means. Well, you know, when if if Jesus says to us, go figure out what that means, yeah, that's probably an important thing to do.
0: Probably is. Yeah.
1: So I, I think a spiritual sacrifice is where we offer up our spirit to God. Uh, we offer up our very selves, the core selves to God, not just going through the motions, not just saying, hey, I'm going to go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do, but actually bringing yourself, your true self to worship.
0: It- reminds me of this uh, story that I heard from someone before we were talking about tithing mm-hmm. and there's a big thing now where you can tithe by having an automatic debit
1: yeah that yeah. it will just
0: automatically right and she was a firm believer that you shouldn't tithe that way because you become disconnected
1: yeah it's from kind it. of like a bill I mean yes <laughs> right I mean honestly that
0: you're offering yeah. to the the church <laughs> yeah, <just> is a... <laughs> is another bill <laughs> right. And and, yeah. I don't, and I think that that's the way that we can get about hmm. all sacrifices that, sure. you know, I think it's much easier to say, oh, well, so-and-so did me wrong. I'm just going to stay mad at them as opposed to the sacrifice of what do I need to do to make it right? Even if we're in the wrong or if we're in the right, like that doesn't mean that you get a pass.
1: Um, well, again, Jesus says, Hey, if you're, you know, you're in church and you're standing in line ready to give your sacrifice and you think to yourself, you know what, there's something that I have against somebody. Jesus says, go take care of that. Yeah. And he doesn't say it the other way around. If somebody has done something against you, it's (laughs) if you, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, so, uh, yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, I think that that whole idea of the spiritual sacrifice is something that we don't spend a lot of time practicing mm-hmm. as a as a whole within mm-hmm. our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we did, it, things would look a little different. But
1: what do you think that is? What's that about?
0: The why we don't sacrifice? Yeah. Well, you know, it could have something to do with legacy that. Hmm we could be disconnected from that legacy mm. of sacrifice that mm-hmm. it is much easier to, you know, I can do whatever I want and I can be whoever I want to be and I can, you know, go wherever I want to go. And there, there's not a sense of service in our culture, even though the majority of the industries in our country are service related <laughs> industries. Yeah. But we're not doing those necessarily very well. Mm. You know, that, people are in service industries because that's where they can get a job not because they want to serve people and um we recently went on a vacation and there were several different restaurants that we went into and there were some that we went into and we're like that woman is a professional
1: they're gifted for waitress
0: the that she is very good at what she does and there were others that were like this kid is just here because they're home on vacation (laughs) and you know they have no clues to what they're doing in regards to helping people out and I think it takes work and I don't know that we're willing to put in the work that spiritual sacrifice calls for because in order to put in that work it means that you're gonna get it wrong sometimes and You're gonna give up something of yourself or give up something that you don't necessarily wanna give up Mm -hmm. and those things aren't necessarily easy. We like to be comfortable and spiritual sacrifice makes us uncomfortable in our spirit sometimes because we have to say, well, guess what? Spirit, we can do better, we can do differently. We can, we can do different.
1: So let's take a look at the, the end before okay. we, we close up today. I love it how Peter uh, talks at the end of verse 9 that we are God's special possession. Um, so that we may declare praises. Uh, and once we were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And that's, uh, I love that. Um, that, that there's just a, a tremendous imagery that comes to mind that it's like we were... Those people, the, the Israelite people, the Hebrew people, wandering in the desert for 40 years. And with the arrival of Christ and our lives built upon him, we have come into the promised land. And, uh, you know, there's there's so much rich connection between the Old and New Testament that we, we sometimes miss. But, you know, Peter, he's going back there. I mean, he dipped the well into Isaiah. And I think he, he knows the other scriptures in the Old Testament really well because, hey, he... He was a Jew growing up, so right. he knows it. He knows these passages. And, you know, I think he's really, you know, the, the word of the priesthood. Well, who's the priest? Well, it was a very select group of people who were the priests. It was the tribe of Aaron. It was the Levites. And um, if you weren't born into that particular tribe, you could never be a priest. But Peter is now saying that we can be. We are holy. We are in the priesthood. We have been claimed by God. We are God's special possession. We are God's people. We have received mercy. And um, that is, uh, it's a really, it's a good thing to be reminded of that, that this is the work that God has done for us.
0: It is a good reminder.
1: Mm.
0: Well, I think that's gonna be all for this week. If you are not following us on Instagram, I would recommend that. It's What's That About with Joel and Tina. You can find us there. um, And obviously you can find us online at joelantinaTalk.com. Yeah. And we hope to hear from you soon. Leave your questions in the comments and we'll get back to you. Absolutely. Yes. Bye. Bye.